Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Don't Let It Go Unheard. And if you're hearing me now, you are listening on either Blog Talk Radio or AMFM247.com where this show is syndicated. Hi, Bosch. So you just rushed in from your second viewing yeah. of Captain America. Is that true? My friend Michael uh, put on Facebook, uh, I said Captain America with a big smiley face and an exclamation point. He said, been there, done that. Saw it a couple hours ago. Well played, Michael. But did you watch it twice? That's, that's the question. Have you seen it twice? <laughs> Take that. <laughs> so he beat you because he's on the East Coast, basically. Yes, but, but you saw it twice. Have you seen it twice? I, I, I don't mean? think so. I doubt Cat it. America right? 2, right? you got to watch twice. Um, and I also have a sneaking suspicion that twice might not, might not be the only number of times that you're going to be watching this movie. Is this <laughs> Probably. <true? laughs> oh, man. You know, one thing that he posted earlier is that he thought it was probably the best of this sort of movie yet one of the best absolutely of all time one of the best with a dark knight with the old absolutely no doubt about it no doubt about it okay and, avengers and, iron man yeah and we're, we're not going to be discussing this movie by the way until the very yeah. end of the show so shield your ears in the last half hour <laughs> shield, shield. <laughs> yeah the last half hour of the show so the second hour uh, the second part of the second hour we will be discussing that movie but our recommendation for now is go go go, go definitely go. go see it and if you're tuning in for today's show of course stick around while we're talking about news stories in advance but it'll be spoiler filled come back and and listen to that discussion after you see it if you haven't yet already seen the movie i really enjoyed it i've got some people in the chat room i know i think that joel in the chat room over here at blog talk radio said that he planned to see it sometime later today or sometime today. I don't know if he already saw that, it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. If maybe. He, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But I, I saw a window. It was at 9 a.m. I said, I, I got to go. Just, <laughs> just took it. Barely got here in time Barely to join me for the show. So I think because we are in this segment that over at Liberty Express Radio is going to be used for news, uh, let's take this opportunity to thank the sponsor here on Blog Talk Radio, which is Audible. Audible. You may audiobook. or may not know, but if you would like to get a free trial at Audible, the audiobook retailer, and also help to support this show, you can go to the link that I have posted at my blog at don'tletitgo.com and get an Audible free trial. Um, the link, for those of you who aren't over at the blog, you just want to hear it, it's audibletrial.com forward slash Amy Peikoff, A-M-Y-P-E-I-K-O-F-F. Joel, Joel says, please say you're going to talk about it next week when the rest of the country has had a chance to see it. We will never talk about it ever again until the last half hour today. Joking. <laughs> we will. 
we could talk about it next week as well. But also, I think what we'll probably do next week is then refer people to the last half hour of this week's show. (laughs) I don't know. It would be nice, though, huh, to let other people have a chance. You know what's going to happen, though, when this show is rebroadcast and people are getting the podcast and stuff, they will have had a chance to see it. So people who don't see have to turn off quick. They'll definitely have their chance. Um, so are, are you listening to books on Audible right now, by the way? I'm, I'm still listening to the um, Perfect. You're perfectly listening to the yes. Perfect book, yes? Yes, slowly but surely, yeah. It's good. It's very good. It's um, about, you know, the, the perfectionist and how that could be a drawback in, in living your life to the fullest. My audiobook listening time was kind of crunched into the other day because I had to listen to the Jezebels while right. driving as opposed to audiobooks. Me too. I, I was compelled I had to do it. You gotta listen to the whole album. You can listen to the whole album. Any band you can listen to the whole album of, they're a good band. Definitely, definitely. And are you? You got influences. You two. You two. Ready ahead. A little alternative. No doubt about it. It's in there. You could hear it. It's not obvious, obvious, but I know there's certain turns and points that the, 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 that those bands do that this band does. Everybody, if you want to take a head start look at the stories we're going to talk about today, go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. And you can see the list under the program notes of all the things. It's a, it's a very ambitious list. And I have to thank everyone who has been sending me stuff this week. I was exhausted almost just looking through all the different things. Oh, gosh, how am I going to fit all of this yeah. in this well, week? So we're going to see how we can do it. And if you want to call in and talk about some of the stories, it's 760-888-5817. I'll repeat that number again after the short break, which we're going to have here in a second. Don't Let It Go Unheard. This is the April 4th, 2014 edition, where we discuss news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. That's the philosophy that upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peikoff, and joining me here just in time in the studio is, as usual, cartoonist Bosch Faustin. Hello, everyone. Just in time because he saw Captain America twice already. So you're going to go like, na 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 <laughs> Oh, man. I just... You know, you could have just camped out and slept in the yeah, theater. People do that. I've never done that. There's no need to. I, mean, <laughs> I sat in the third row, I think, this time. Third row. Yeah. It was, so it was... you fourth row and then third row? And did I you see it? You didn't see IMAX, just regular no, again? No, regular, regular. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think if you saw this movie in IMAX, it that it would maybe be overwhelming. It is. Uh, I, I promise no no spoilers at all be until the last uh, half hour of the show today, which is the second hour. Um, but the pace 
is Ooh, relentless. It, it's relentless, but I think there's a very good reason for it. We'll talk about yep, that yep, in yep. the second hour. So excellent stuff. I really, really, really enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. As I, I was saying to you before, Bosch, we've yeah. got a lot that we're yes. going to be talking about. But just today. to ask you, what would Captain America do? Would he go through all these stories? Would he be able to fit them in? I think he would. I think he would, too. So we have to, you know. Captain's we'll, orders. Yeah, Captain's orders. <laughs> That's right. We've got to do it. We've That's got right. to do it. Everyone in Blog Talk Radio, if you're listening live, please call in if you want to talk about any of the stories today. Go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com to check out all the stories that we will discuss. And the phone number to call is 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Of course, as usual, feel free to chime in in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio as well. Ed says, the way to fit in all the stories is to not take any calls from him. (laughs) We may have to have that today, a no calls from Ed day. Did anyone watch it and would they talk about it? Would they call in? Yeah, I I particularly would love calls in the last half hour and and prepare for that, really. Just call in ahead of time and be ready to discuss and let me know that you'd like to discuss if you do want to take part in our spoiler-filled discussion. But before that, let's go through some of the week's stories. Obligatory story, just because it was big news this week, although it turned out not to be too, too huge of a news story, although it's horrible, which is the Fort Hood shooting, another shooting at Fort Hood this week. This one turns out, as far as we know so far, not to be terrorism in any way, shape, or form. I put on my blog a link to the Wall Street Journal, the latest story that I found over there, which is Fort Hood officials focus on the shooting suspect's mental health. And they think that his mental health is probably the culprit, although they can't, as far as I have read, pinpoint any particular cause Mm -hmm. within his military service because neither of his tours, either in Iraq or I believe in Egypt, saw any combat any events of significance that would have been traumatizing or any of that. But nonetheless, I think he was taking Ambien and he was under some sort of treatment for anxiety, depression, some other things. He was particularly, I guess, upset because his mother had died. He wanted to go to the funeral and he had to really fight to get permission to go to his mother's funeral. Because he's troubled. Do you think well, because he's troubled? Probably, yeah. Probably people anticipated him being troubled. Something, something ha- must have happened. Was he blaming the military as in they wouldn't let him do it? Yeah, he's blaming the military and saying the military doesn't treat their people well because you have to fight in order to go to your mother's own funeral. So then he's going to shoot up people because they're, they're wrong for doing that. Therefore, he's right for yeah. shooting them up. No, but it must have been something that they saw in him. Well, and this is another thing that I didn't totally understand. You know, and, and again, this because it's not terrorism, because it's more of a freak thing, um, it, it's it's not it doesn't have a whole lot of philosophical significance here, but nonetheless, I get intrigued by some of the news stories. And one of the things that they were talking about was that uh, they didn't believe that he was targeting anybody in particular either. That he just kind of Random. lost it. Now he was in a verbal altercation with somebody about just something, but then he lost it and did this. One of the victims was a military counselor hmm. who worked with him. Well, that's the thing. I wonder, right? Because if you say, okay, this guy was troubled. He had been under some sort of treatment. They suspect his mental condition as being the cause, and yet they were saying he wasn't really targeting anybody in particular. One of the victims was a counselor. That seems a little strange. So maybe there was actually some particular target of this. You know, the government's trying to hide it, whatever it is. 
uh, they're going to try to put a cap on it quick. If they can cover up everything, they would, but they can't. So, you know, we'll see. This is the second time watcher of Captain America talking. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are funny. Um, in, in any event, no, I don't know that they're actually, in this case, trying even to cover something up. I don't know that they no. are. No, but no, what I'm saying is government will cover up everything if they could. This government in particular. They would. The, Unless the, it makes yeah. them look good in any capacity. But this maybe. Who knows? Maybe they, uh, I mean, what, they maybe they dropped the ball. Maybe they they smelled this guy. They they smelled crazy on him and didn't do anything about it. Maybe. Well, that's one thing that you wonder is you yeah. wonder whether institutions like this go through the trouble that they need to be going through to single out the individuals right. that might cause. And he has a, like a like a Hispanic background, so you know, therefore he's not. You know, I mean, he's one of the people who would be considered maybe untouchable in terms of criti- criticizing. Oh, so yeah, and I again, I don't know if any of that was going on. The one thing that you can say is you can wonder why more people on these army bases aren't armed, so that the most that this guy could get off in terms of a shot is one or two before somebody gets him. Did you read the story about who is the culprit for that? Well, right, Right. and 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 that's the story that that (laughs) no, no, that's the story that you sent me. So thanks for that, Bosch. Uh, This is a story from the Blaze, right? Is that right? And it's the blaze, so it's Glenn Beck's yeah. outlet. He's so like, you've got to give him a bit of kudos here for putting this out there, right? Because yeah. he turns out to say that it's George Bush's yes. fault yes, it is. that more people on the bases aren't armed. Right. The headline of the story, it's titled September 17th, though. It's an older one. This is why most military personnel aren't armed on military bases, and it's not Clinton's fault. Um, they were talking. This is about the shooting at the Washington Navy Yard, right. if you remember that, in September. It's renewed interest in why most military personnel are forbidden from carrying firearms on military bases. In the aftermath, some have pointed fingers at former President Bill Clinton. But is he really to blame? Not according to what the Blaze found, they said. So the question of why military members aren't armed on base garnered attention back in November 2009, Fort Hood. Um, and now they say many people are asking the same question. What's the answer? It appears the gun-free zone type policy can actually be traced back to the Department of Defense Directive 5210.56, signed into effect February 1992 by Donald J. Atwood, who is the Deputy Secretary of Defense under President or H.W. Bush, George H.W. Bush. So they say it's DOD policy to limit and control the carrying of firearms by the DOD military and civilian personnel. The authorization to carry them shall be issued only to qualified personnel when there is a reasonable expectation that life or DOD assets will be jeopardized if firearms are not carried, it says. You would think after Fort Hood, they would say, hey, we, we have to change this. You would assume that because right. now a lot of them are sitting ducks. I mean, think about this. It's a military installation. So it is a place where people who have a higher proportion of legally owning <laughs> firearms or legally being in possession of firearms. They trust to take orders. They trust to go out and defend us and not trust to carry guns to protect well, themselves. Well, no, no, right. But, but, think, but think about this, right? The idea is that there's somebody who has the legal ability to possess yes. a firearm right. and more of those people exist on bases than anywhere else right? right all of these people they have the legal ability to possess and so then there's going to be more of a likelihood that a person who wants to cause harm to other people will have that access 
and they also know that everybody else is legally prohibited from carrying that's, it that's there the on the point. base, right? Exactly. So, Who knows so, that going so they, in? They, they have access to weapons at a higher rate than in the normal right. population. They have access to a military installation where there's a lot of military targets of value. Oh, yeah. And they know if they are part of that installation or have legal access to that installation, which all these guys do, that everybody else around them is legally unarmed. Yep, exactly right. Legally. So I, I would say that it is a horrible place to have people not be allowed to carry Absolutely their firearms. The it is a terrible, it's one of the worst places ever because of the fact that you have legal access being granted to people who Nadal Hassan have killed 13 Americans. Murdered. 13. Not one, not two, 13. And they, didn't, they haven't changed the policies. They don't give a damn. Yeah, you would think that they would have changed the policy yes. after that. He would assume they would. So anyway, that I think is the one thing that needs to be changed and the thing that needs to be learned from that. Aside from, again, and this happens time and again, trying to see whether there are signs. Yes. That well, Nadal we... Hassan was screaming, I'm a jihadist, more right. or less. He had, he had uh, showcases in his uh, lessons. He was, he was teaching about jihad and Sharia law. He was screaming to them, I'm a jihadist, I'm going to kill you one day. They're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. Let's just uh, let's, uh, give him a promotion and let, let, let's move him up and let's shut our ears. This is sick stuff. Political correctness murdered those people. Right. James Dahl in the chat room over here. Hi, James. I think you are a new live listener, at least a new chat room participant, so welcome. He says another name for a gun-free zone is target range. Yeah, absolutely right. It is. Open, open season. It, it's, open season it's zone. It's terrible. It, you know, and, and again, this, this idea that in military installations, more people have legal access to guns there than anywhere else. And these people who would like to do harm, they have the ability to come right in there and, and they apparently know just do it. They know it. Yeah. They know the rules help them. The other thing is this guy put, I guess, out on his Facebook page some horrible thing just before he went and okay. did it. So if people have their Facebook settings set to public, and I think he did it with his, you know, with a profile picture, right? So I, I would not mind at all. Here I am. I'm a privacy guru. Yes. But I would not mind at all if our government monitors right. public Facebook postings, anything that Facebook is by default leaving open to the public, right. if they want to monitor something like that for something that indicates that a person's about to go on a shooting spree, right. go for it. Well, let's uh, think about uh, a week or two ago. Remember the Muslim who is off the grid now, who threatened right. to you know, basically shoot up another military installation? Right. He's, he's missing. And I think they try to pretend that, that, oh, no, that wasn't the case now. They're trying to put that under the rug. The fact is, there's a guy out there named Muhammad something, some Muslim, who wants to go into a, do a Fort Hood type massacre. And, uh, you know, the fact is, he probably could get away with it. He probably could. It's uh, very, very disturbing. Here's another one as well that we should talk about, which is in the political realm. Are you ready to, mm -hmm. to zoom on to something else? This is actually a little more positive, so mm -hmm. I think that we are, we're due. We've got a good alternate, well, good alternation today. Yeah. Yeah, we get Domestic a good, end. Yeah, good, good alternation here, but I think positive versus negative. I mean, the negative part of this story is the fact that Iran has designated as its UN ambassador someone who is responsible for taking the American hostages in 
for 444 days, 54 hostages. Right. Americans. And, and now he, he's UN to ambassador Iran at the at the UN on American soil. Exactly. Not just not just represent them at the UN, but be invited as part of that to be here on American soil. The good news of this is that Ted Cruz is taking this up as an issue of importance to him. I'm, I've got a story here. It's from CBS DC. It's from the AP as well. Just, though. just one thing. I think Ted Cruz hears about this is naturally outraged and makes a point about it. Whereas his colleagues are like, uh, "What? Yeah. Oh, do you, I'm supposed to be pissed off at this? Uh, I guess so. You mean or no?" They don't understand what this means and how terrible it is. He does. Some of them, I think, just live in another dimension, but we'll talk about more of that in a minute because we've got another story about our representatives mm. in Congress that are so underpaid. No. <laughs> the, the, so the, the Washington AP story here says that Iran has chosen a former hostage taker involved in the 1979 seizure of the U.S. Embassy in Tehran to serve as, as its ambassador at the United Nations. Senator Ted Cruz said, in vowing to bar him from entering the United States. Cruz said it was outrageous that Iran had selected Hamid Abutalibi. Is that how you say <laughs> that? Okay, that's, oh, that's, that's my guess. Hamid that's, that's his name. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I have to go to you for these yeah. pronunciations here. He, he was a member of a Muslim student group that held 52 Americans oh. hostage for 444 days. It was and the Iranian government. Iran is seeking a visa for him. The Texas Republican said he was offering legislation to ensure that Abu Talibi, sorry, <laughs> I can't good, do it that good. way, uh, would be prevented from entering the country. It's pro- probably Abu Talibi, yeah. I'm thinking. Abu Talibi. Lebi? Abu Talibi. Yeah, yeah, probably. Quote from Cruz, it is unconscionable that in the name of international diplomatic protocol, the United States would be forced to hold a foreign national who showed a brutal disregard of the status of diplomats when they were stationed in his country. End quote. That is perfect. Excellent point. Excellent point. He's he's a very good rhetorician, you know. He is. He's very good. Cruz said this in the speech on Senate floor. He says, this person is an acknowledged terrorist. Yep. A spokesman for Iran's mission to the United Nations had no comment Tuesday on his government's choice. The guy's honored also for being for uh, being the kidnapper. He's honored for it on this one page of some Muslim group. Cruz said that this terrorist's involvement in the group Muslim students following the Iman's line was limited to translation and negotiation. But the senator said the organization still features his photograph on its website to mark the takeover of the embassy. Exactly right. Cruz said his legislation would require the president to deny a visa to a U.N. applicant if the president determines that the individual has engaged in terrorist activity. He said there was a bipartisan effort to get the legislation passed expeditiously. Do you want to look it up and see if it's passed by? I don't know how quickly they could do this. I don't know what the timeline of this is, but I'd love to. I'd love to hear some follow up on it. I think we would have heard something. This is I'm, I'm just really glad that he's doing it. Oh, yeah. Let's see what McCain says, John McCain. He describes this appointment as, quote, a really kind of an in-your-face action by the Iranian government, sending a guy who is responsible for the absolutely totally illegal incarceration of American citizens, end quote. 
Samantha Power was scheduled to testify before a House panel Wednesday on the budget request. She was likely to face questions about whether the administration would deny a visa to him. But I haven't heard any follow-up from no, that. Have you heard that? She's disgusting, by the way. Of course. She's disgusting. Of course. Elliot in the chat room says that he doesn't think this would stop Obama from doing whatever he wants because he doesn't really care about the rule of law. No, he doesn't care. No. And uh, if they kidnapped... Uh, something else. If they kidnapped, uh, I don't know. If they kidnapped Muslims, I mean, you know, I mean, American Muslims. Maybe Obama would would say, okay, this guy can't do this. But they were just Americans. I mean, they, I mean, they weren't. They were just Americans. So to hell with them. He doesn't care. There's no connection there. Is what I'm saying. Right. He doesn't give a damn. He goes, they kidnapped hostage, American hostages. What does that mean to me? So what? I just feel like Cruz is the conscience. He is. of the Senate Absolutely or the is. conscience of entire Washington D.C. that he's holding he people accountable at least to some extent. He's making it so that they are unable to evade what they are doing. He is a living, breathing reproach in the halls of Congress and the Senate. They, they, they're like, oh man, this guy's reminding us of our ideals that we had. What the hell? They don't want to be reminded. They're making a, they're making a killing. You know. Do you know we have more good news this week? Excellent. So besides Cruz Excellent. proposing that legislation, we have yes. the Supreme Court doing something good. Read it, and then let me tell you about Nancy Pelosi's reaction to it. Sure, of course. Yeah. First of all, I mean, you have to note, of course, the headline. Yes. Free for all? That's a very derogatory <laughs> comment, right? Absolutely Free for right. all. And this is the Washington Times. So They're shame usually on them. good, but they... Free for all. Uh. Supreme Court strikes down overall limit on campaign giving. Yeah. Free for all. Yeah, I mean, that, that, free for all is a derogatory term. Am I wrong? I know it is. And you know what they're saying? Like, there's no limits here. I mean, anyone could give anything they want. That's to, to terrible, terrible that you can spend as much as you want on And speech, uh, Nazi right? Pelosi, Nazi Pelosi, uh, I call her Nazi because she called Tea Partiers Nazis. So Nazi Pelosi said that um, this is an existential threat to us, this ruling. This is an existential threat to us, to America, to the American system. She also said that the founding fathers would have been proud of Obamacare. This is who, you know. Of course. I don't know exactly what kind of drugs she, what kind of drugs she takes and how many at once. I'm just curious. And tell me never, ever to take any of those drugs. Big caps. I like that. Yeah. If you're over in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, definitely don't go for the bold face stuff. Yeah. Just try to dominate and it, it doesn't work. It, yeah, I, I actually... It discourages us from reading it. It, it discourages me anyway, so definitely just um, go for the, the regular font there. Anyway, so with this case, right, they're saying, look, you can spend in aggregate giving to different groups and right. different campaigns of individual politicians and stuff. In aggregate, you can spend as much as you want, but then, of course, you'd have to spread it around if you want to keep spending more money. There are still limits so, on yeah, what you exactly. can give to but less so individual now. campaigns and as far as I know individual groups as well because the de- Democrats always go around these rules and they think that the the goody two Republicans won't but now they can so it's like oh my this is an existential threat to our base I mean how many times have we seen rich people run for office on their own dime spend mm. tons of yeah. money and nonetheless fail yeah oh yeah Whitman Meg oh, yeah. Whitman was Absolutely. in California. Her spent own a, money. I mean, what? Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And then who was also um, Huffington, right? Uh, that that Huffington Post lady. No, the guy though. He didn't he run Her for husband? didn't he run for Senate? No, he was a senator. 
Okay, he so was. he was oh, a senator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. Who was who was a guy who ran, I think, either for Senate or for governor and spent piles of money and failed? Uh, a lot of them do, but I'm not I'm not sure one one particular one. I'm not sure. And Huffington was a senator because we've had her those husband, two. Her I husband, know. I, no, her husband was a Republican senator. Supposedly he, you know, he was. But, but didn't he run for federal senate and fail? I don't know about because that. Because we've had the two women, Boxer and Feinstein, for as long as in, I can remember. He's a senator in Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh. But um, she was uh, a fan it, of. It, it could be a different businessman yeah. that I'm thinking of. There was a businessman, another one, a very rich businessman, who think. spent a pile of money on a California state campaign, either for governor or senator, and I'm forgetting his name exactly, but I know he spent a pile of money and he lost. Mm. You can spend tons and tons of money and lose. Let's think of CNN. How much money did they invest in that kid, Ronan uh, Farrell? CNBC, MSNBC. MSNBC, okay, whichever. M- yeah, I, yeah, a ton of money and a ton of uh, – they pushed them and pushed them and pushed them, and he stinks and the ratings are horrific. Right. And he doesn't even look, you know, his teleprompter, they put it so low that he was actually looking down on the camera instead of directly at it. Right. Someone blew it, whatever. He stinks. And that's good. I mean, he shouldn't be there. And he got an award before, I think, when the show was three years old, three days old. He got an award. Yeah. Three days old. So my anyway. point is, you know, give, give the American people a little bit of credit and, you know, let people spend as much money as they want and then let ideas win or not on the free market. Joel, yeah. Joel, Joel vindicates me in the chat yeah, room over here at Blog California. Talk Radio. Sorry, Thank sorry. you, Joel. Yeah, he ran for senator in California, and he failed against one of the two women, either Boxer or Feinstein. We are coming Frank up here. Frank and Feinstein. Frank and Feinstein. That's Mark well. We're coming up on a break here, and after we get back, we're going to go ahead and talk about a listener who we heard from on yes. Twitter this week. That's going to be the bit of my teaser. Excellent. So we'll talk in a couple minutes here. Okay, everyone, here in Blog Talk Radio and AMFM 24-7, we are safely into our little commercial break where it's not really a commercial if you're listening at Blog Talk or AMFM. So how are you doing, boss? Good. You're you're just itching to talk about the uh, Captain America. Are you are you staying interested in the stories that sure, we have? Sure, I definitely telling? am. I, I just I don't know what to say about uh, Captain America. I got so much to say that I don't know what I don't know if I could put it all together. I'm gonna have to really just step back and let, let's talk. Joel is also reminding. Yes, he lost to Feinstein. That Huffington lost to Feinstein. Yeah, yeah. and if, if I recall, it was a pretty disappointing campaign. Again, it, it's the whole point. It's the ideas that are gonna win. And you can spend as much money as you want on horrible products or ideas, and it's not going to work. Well, the Democrats lie better than Republicans. They tell people what they want to hear more so than Republicans. Republicans try to be a little honest, a little honest, and that's what gets them in trouble. Unless they're really always honest, and you know that. Like, a, like, like Ted Cruz is honest well, as and, a politician and, and again, it goes down to accepting the whole altruist idea. No doubt about it, which both parties do. Yeah, both parts, yeah. yeah, and so the more consistent one is going to win. That always yeah. happens. So, yes, typical mushy campaign. Yeah. Uh, so Pamela in the chat room says that she has a hard time reading the small font herself. Well, then definitely I understand that. But Yeah, but if you type in, I don't know. Yeah. You read your own? I don't well, know. no, you just want to make sure you're typing incorrectly. Because I, I, I make typos as I type, and I wouldn't be able to correct it if I couldn't read right, it. Pamela. So. 
So that's good. There have been some freaks no, in, yeah, we, in the chat room. We've had so. people come to the chat room at Block Talk Radio. Yeah, and we have to literally kick them out. There's yeah, use button. all caps and keep going and stuff. So that's not what you're doing. So thanks. We, um, we, yeah. to- we totally appreciate that. So Captain America. No, we can't oh, do it yet. Okay. We can't do it yet. Oh. What you need to do is you need to help me with the pronunciation of the listener that we're going to discuss. Wow, that's tough. Can you help me? Uh, I'll try it, but it is tough. Because we are, we're going to discuss. I will, I will try to be as phonetic as possible. We're going to discuss way. one of our listeners who is kicking butt kicking in Europe butt. right now. And he's actually been written about over at Front Page Magazine. Yep. By um, Bruce Bauer, who, who I met, who we met. And who actually... Uh, okay, I can pronounce the first name. Yeah. Yurnaz. Now, how do you pronounce the last name? Ramatarsing, Ramatarsing, Ramatarsing. Ramatarsing, Ramatarsing. Sorry if we're botching it, but that's what we do. We think you're not, you're now, if you are listening, that you should call us. Yes, and pronounce correct. your name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to botch the pronunciation yes, as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Just to get you to call in and correct my pronunciation hmm. of it, that would be great. If people do want to call in, it's 760 888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. I know we got a couple of people on the line, but they don't necessarily have questions. They might just be waiting right. for our Maybe. discussion of Captain America, so that could be fun. Spoiler, Captain America fights in this one. <laughs> he fights. So, I, had, I had to ruin it. Because <laughs> Captain America in the last movies, I mean, he just kind of <laughs> laid down, and right? That was it. That was it. So we have, what, about... 30 seconds. By the way, I have to thank Daniel again for the little show clock that we're using here. I have upped my game. I've learned how to use GarageBand to edit this thing after the show is over to give everybody what they want. So that was the other piece of the puzzle. But Daniel, for this show clock, we definitely thank you. Thank you very much. Keep us on point. Okay, we are going to, I guess, play a little bit of music. And here we go. Okay, we are back. This is Don't Let It Go Unheard. You're listening to Amy Peacock and cartoonist Bosch Faustin here in the studio. And we are going to give a shout out to one of our listeners. Yeah. Brought to our attention this week is an article written about one of our listeners and the butt he is kicking oh, yeah. in Europe. Headline over at Front Page Magazine is The Dutch Academy versus The Heretic. And it turns out that one of our listeners... So written by Bruce Bauer, who we met, who's a writer against Islam. And he finally came around to calling Islam by its actual name, Islam. Kudos. That's all. He's one of them. Another one he that's is. done it this week is who? Someone did it this week. Yeah. Tell me. You had a big discussion. The Tell one who's calling out saying there's no moderate Muslims. Raymond Ibrahim. Oh, yeah. Raymond Ibrahim has been using Islamism for the last few years. And I, I like him. I've always liked him. But this week, he just wrote the best piece he ever wrote, hands down, dismissed the notion of moderate Islam and kept calling it Islam, Sharia law, every proper term that's to be used. Excellent. Kudos to Raymond Ibrahim as well. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I forgot about it. Yeah, so I think this is this is very good. But yes. you said that Bauer is yes. another Bauer, Bauer good one. Came around, yes. Bauer must be good on other fronts as well yeah. because he's writing about a listener, Yernaz, and then I'm going to try to pronounce the name. But actually, I should try to botch it as much as possible <laughs> because 
I want to get Yernaz to go ahead and call us right now. If you're listening live, Yernaz, uh, and I, maybe Yernaz is totally wrong too. I mean, maybe I can, <laughs> maybe. I can, I can hope. Uh, Yernaz Ramatarsing. That sounds. That sounds. That's yeah. Decent. It might be acceptable to him. It might not be, but. Yeah, Young right. guy born in 1987 in the yeah. former Dutch colony of Suriname, which I'm sure I also mispronounced, uh-huh. so please call. He was raised in Amsterdam, and he grew up into a political junkie, and at first he was a solid left-winger. Taught so by schools. I mean, yeah. made so by uh, public schools, no doubt. And then says the art- article over here at front page that in his late teens, his brother, who didn't share his leftist politics, sent him an English-language version of Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Uh-huh. Yernaz read it and then said, quote, everything I thought was blown away. <laughs> Rand became his heroine. And Bosch and I watched a clip where this young man was on, on television. We didn't understand. We didn't understand. We didn't understand it, but he was clearly swatting these leftist flies away. And you could tell they were, bu- they were really bugged. The other thing is you could tell he was clearly self-possessed. Confident as hell. Definitely. He knows his stuff. Uh, he, he has a moral position. They don't. And they can't stand that. They, they think they always have the moral high ground, leftists. And you just got to expose them that they don't. There's absolute moral rot within. And if you just show any kind of uh, moral fortitude in front of them, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, sliver away, let's say. So he has been out there, a visible spokesperson for free market ideas. Invite on television. He started a page on Facebook as well. Do you remember what the Facebook page is called? Uh, It's about um, freedom. um, See if you can find it. Yeah. See if you can find that page because it would be good to go ahead and and, uh, give him a shout out. But it had a huge uh, uplift. Oh, here it is. Look, I've got the page right here in the article. And it jumped up big time from, I think, 400 to 2,000 within overnight. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. It's it's something about how... how our universities indoctrinate yes. us. Oh, left-wing indoctrination at my university yes. is the translation, right. but it's written in Dutch, which I'm not even going to try no. to pronounce. And I think it's great. So kudos he to you. He also brings up the, this one thing, which is true. Uh, I, I, I haven't looked into it, but uh, Herrick Wilders, however great he is about Islam, he seems to be a pretty atypical politician when it comes to uh, economics. You know, right. t- typical, so... That's one thing to that that's that, that's an old takeaway here. Yeah. Now Daniel in the chat room over here says uh, he actually put the name of the page, but it's in Dutch, so it yeah. still doesn't help me, and I can't pronounce it. But again, anyone who knows Dutch, including Jonas himself, is welcome to call in. Anyway, I just wanted to give a little shout out and a kudos. Good job. And we wish you all the best in continuing to fight for the right ideas over there. Yep. <sighs> Facebook page apparently uh, has gone up yeah. over, over 2,000, overnight. from 400 to 2,000 overnight. So that's good. He's having an effect. Yep. And that's not purchased likes. No. no. <laughs> Those the are real likes in, of real people. Individuals who, who love freedom. So, yeah, who, who, yes, I like that yes, page. Who actually love freedom. So good job. Well, let's see what else we have. Oh, Common Core. We've got to talk about it. You yep. know we have to talk about it. Yep. I actually think I saw the particular sheet of Common Core fill-in-the-blanks or Q&As before, the ones that have made the news this week. Hat tip to yeah, 72521 I think on Twitter. On the Fox, yeah. on Fox News. Story. Oh, so it was last, last year yeah. on Fox. Okay, yeah. so I had seen it before. It's still shocking. I mean, you read it and you're like, it, it, it's so shocking that some, some friends of Facebook said, I find this hard to believe. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't, 
I mean, now I don't actually. I'm just once you actually see it, it's seeing is believing here. I'm trying to get the page to come up at Fox News. Okay, here it comes. I thought, oh, they don't want us to know just, just sample what's what... going on. So imagine that the following that I'm going to read to you is an exercise for students in grammar, namely in forming possessive nouns properly. And think of the thrust of the subject that they keep putting in there. It's just for grammar. It's not uh, politics. It's not history. It's not nothing. It's look at the thrust of what yeah. they're talking about. I mean, this, this is how you can sneak in all sorts of propaganda yeah. by having the substance of the propaganda snuck in yes. as part of a grammar exercise where the answer itself doesn't have anything to do with the propaganda, but yes. in the process of producing that answer, you, you yeah, are, in effect, taking in and memorizing in. the message. First one. This one's sort of innocuous. The, that, job, that, the, the job of a president is not easy. Yeah. So then it says a president's job is not easy. Mm. Next one. The people of a nation do not always agree. Answer. A nation's people do not always agree. See, it's about mm -hmm. make, forming mm -hmm. these possessive nouns. Then it's the choices of the president affect everyone. The president's choices affect everyone. Uh, he makes sure the laws of the country are fair. He makes sure the country's fair. laws fair. are fair. Think about that. Fair. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, then it starts to get a little Solitary. strange. Yeah. yeah. Then it starts to get a little strange. Now, I'm trying to see if I can get the worksheet, uh, more of the answers here. The commands of government officials must be obeyed by all. And, and government officials' commands must be obeyed. <laughs> Listen to that. Could you, this is America. Could you go on Twitter and find yeah. uh, more from yeah. that photo? Yeah. These questions are terrible. Um, let me see. Yeah, okay, here's the, here's the full worksheet. We've got the full worksheet here okay. on, on the story as well. It, it gets worse, basically, as the sheet goes on. Page so, six, someone mentions Daniel. Page six is the one that we want? Okay, yeah. excellent. Thanks, Daniel. Thank, thank you very much, Daniel. I think page six. Page six. So this is page one through nine, two, three, four, five. Here we go, page okay, here we go. six. Yeah, it gets worse as it goes on. So yes. the idea, I think, is that the parent would read the first few and say, okay, you know, that's really not such a big deal. No, no problem. So government officials' commands must be obeyed by all. <sighs> then here we go, number six. The wants of an individual are less important than the well-being of the nation. I mean, this is just anti-American, anti-individualism, right socialist. This is how you do it. Put it in the heads of these kids. Authoritarian, anti-individualist yes, yes, mentality. Seven, seven who gave us the, the heads up you know, on Twitter, I shared it. Seven said it's so bad, at first I thought it was a fake. Exactly. As part of propaganda against Common Core, absolutely right. Yeah. But then you read it, and you're like, "This this is actually real." You know, there was another story, and I'm not sure that I actually linked to it over again at my blog, don'tletitgo.com. I put program notes for each show, so you can check them out there. There was one story that I saw from Fox News. Did you send it to me? I'm not sure. Maybe. It was one about the fact that. Common Core is going to be an issue in the upcoming midterm elections that a lot of parents are finally learning about the danger of Common Core. I know, I know about this story, but I don't know if I sent you. Maybe. I mean, if you think that this country it has already been significantly dumbed down, propagandized in the public schools, government schools, that, and you think that it couldn't get any worse, Common Core is a lot worse. And uh, Mark Levin hasn't been talking about it, you know. He has not been. Has not been talking about it. That's I think someone strange. called in and brought it up, and he said, I've talked about it. No, 
No, no, you haven't, Mark. Not enough, huh? Not enough. Not not where I notice it. And I, I used to be a daily listener. I have eight episodes now back up for him. You know, after that one blow up that he had against atheists, it's very difficult to listen to him right now. I really think that Ted Cruz, you know, we saw that little commercial yeah. where he talks about give every child a chance he to get education. To. I think he's talking about school choice there, yes, but, but he, he needs to challenge. go beyond. Yes, he needs, he be, needs to say he's going to get rid of the federal department of education to. entirely. He has to be challenged about that, and then he has step. to be challenged about Common Core and where he stands on it. Because a Jeb Bush, another big government statist Republican, completely supports Common Core. So what's the difference between him and Hillary Clinton? He's a little heavier. You know, he wears pants. They both wear, wear pants. They're both power mongers, right? Robert NYC in the chat room is saying, notice how those yes. questions portray the term president <laughs> right. as a positive for and now. And to sympathize with him. Yeah, that won't they, happen in the future, and it certainly didn't happen in the no, recent past. No, never has. I mean, the president's job isn't easy, you know? Where, what happened, uh, what Obamacare, happened to, there's this kind of you know, problem tr- with the rollout, but you shouldn't blame him. What happened to the truth-to-power leftists? What happened to them? When there's Democrat in power, well, okay, roll over. I really don't know. But all I know is we need to get rid of this, and this is just yet another example of... Yeah, you know, Seven says something here. So many things that need to be done, it's hard to know where to start. That's the point about these uh, rats. They inundate you. They, every... It's like, okay, you know what? something to do with what we're going to talk about, the movie. And that kind of world that they want, you, they want us on the defense at all times. They want us on our heels at all times. Where things where are coming at you. And no, you and this, cannot and is, fight them off. This is how I feel in elections, right? That basically this one over there wants to chop off my hand. Yes. And that one over there wants to put some buzzing sound <laughs> right. in my ear all the time. Yeah. And the other one over there wants me to take drugs that are they want to take something from make you. me less strong. Or, I don't know. Some more, some less, but they want to take something from you. And... When you're on your heels, it's very difficult to keep fighting because, I mean, you, you, you could try, but you're on your heels. You're well, defending no, yourself. Nobody can live for a, in a state of emergency no. all the time where you're feeling bombarded it's, and attacked. It's chaos by design. Chaos by design. It's something that the Joker talked about in The Dark Knight. No, and, and especially if you can't predict where it's coming from, which is true with Obama and his pen oh, and yeah. his phone. Oh, yeah. Working in the medical profession right now would be very distressing, but I think working in education, anybody who is affected by the Common Core and all of the standardized tests that are being rolled out and everything else, it would be pretty much as bad, I would think. And the worst is being a parent who, because they're already overtaxed and because the economy is being destroyed, they cannot afford to send their kids to a private school. Mm-hmm. They cannot afford to stay home and homeschool their kids. They literally have no option except for sending their kids to one of these horrible government schools. And then they're going to try to, if they can, compensate at home. But if you're sending a young child in the very sensitive years to a government school and they're getting indoctrinated by stuff like this, you know, I if, don't know. If they're not in our lives in fundamental ways, they feel impotent. You know, if they don't have their claws in us at all times, they feel impotent, these people. For anyone who hasn't read yet, C. Bradley Thompson. Oh, man, yeah. C. Bradley Thompson, his writings over at the Objective Standard about the government schools and the need to abolish government schools, I highly recommend it. And I would encourage anybody who has access to Ted Cruz to have him run 
on Absolutely. a promise to get rid of the Common Core at the very least exactly. as a start, and then, but probably the entire Department of Education. We know that Reagan had thought he yes. was going to get rid of it, and Reagan what happened? Wanted to, and the Republicans were not on his side. They want this statist government. The Republicans are statists. And uh, even a guy like Reagan tried to abolish it, and they wouldn't have it. You know, it's one thing for the left to fight it, for, for, the, for the right to fight uh, Reagan. You know, this idea, people try to criticize Reagan for sometimes the wrong things. Well, he didn't do this, he didn't do this. He had no backing on his own party. Right. They did not want him to be president. The American people did. That's why the two landslides back-to-back. Speaking of our wonderful politicians, yeah. I think we yeah. need to get the violins out right now. Oh, oh, man. The nerve. This is what they are. They're not living in reality. Look at this story. Moran, this congressman. Now, who is he? Um, Rat bastard. Had you even heard of him before? Wait, Rat bastard? Virginia Democrat James P. Moran. I thought it was Rat bastard. I have heard of this rat. I have heard of this rat, yes. Moran. That's what they call him. It says, despite what constituents outside of Washington might think, members of Congress are underpaid, a House legislative branch appropriator suggested Thursday. Virginia Democrat James P. Moran said he plans to highlight the injustice. The by, what? Wait, the what? The injustice. Okay. By introducing an amendment to the legislative branch bill during its full committee markup. About income tax or floor, about the injustice of income tax, he said? That, yeah, that would be great, oh. wouldn't it? And at a floor consideration of the bill, Moran made the comments while the bill that funds members $174,000 salaries was being marked up in the legislative branch subcommittee. Ed mentions here, yes, Moran caught red-handed in a voting fraud scandal, so he's quote-unquote retiring. And I think this is his way to say, guys, if I push this, can you make sure my retirement years are a little more uh, you know, healthy than they would have been? Who knows? The wheels and deals behind this. Or he'll take the political fall to yeah, push exactly. for the increase in salary because <laughs> he's that, retiring yeah. anyway, <laughs> and then the other people maybe won't go Just, after him as bad for the, the fraud. they'll be the beneficiaries, yeah. Right, right? Yes. Scum. This is a quote from Moran. He says, I think the American people should know that the members of Congress are underpaid. I understand, he says. He identifies a job. Yeah, he says, I understand that it's widely felt that they underperform, but the fact is that this is the board of directors for the largest economic entity in the world. That's how End he quote. describes Congress, congressmen? Yes. Oh, man. It's supposed to be the people's house, right? Isn't that the, the, the people's house, right? Right. Okay. But if you think of the fact that the core purpose is supposed to be to defend individual rights, <laughs> right. to protect individual rights, right. protect us from the initiation of force. Yeah. He's talking them. as if they're CEOs of some big company or something. Absolutely He's disgusting. putting primary emphasis on a role that they should not be playing at all. He says, I know people feel that they haven't earned it. They feel that emotionally. But if you think about it, these guys are important people, man. Well, and because they're doing all this economic activity. As if they should be. They should not be doing it. Again, again, I follow Ayn Rand in this, that you should have a strict separation of state and economy, just like you should have a strict separation of state and church. I'm a total extremist on this. And... The idea that a politician would describe primarily, in essence, the job that they do in economic terms is horrible. 
we should not be in a position where our politicians say this is primarily their job. Kelly so, writes, he's paid by stolen money. He's complaining about the fact that not enough money is stolen from us to pay a higher a higher. Uh, just say, higher salary, yeah, yes. Higher salary. No, but exactly. And, and think Whoa. about this, right? It is, it is true that 174000 is hard to live on in the Washington, D.C. area, but there's a right. reason for that. Right. There's a reason for that. And the reason for that is that there is so much lobbying, so many favors, oh. so many, how many politicians. How many, how many lobbyists are in Washington? Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, it all, it all comes down to uh, this whole entire story. The root of it is government is doing what they're not supposed what to What they're not yeah. supposed to be doing. Yes. There and this guy is taking it as the given. Right. Without question. We've got to maintain this, man. This is the status quo. Right. What the hell? Right. We don't get enough. And, and what, what did the framers intend, right? What did our founding fathers intend? Our founding fathers intended that being a legislator, even a federal legislator, yeah. would be a part-time, part-time job. Part-time job. Go in there, get out. That's that. They had no idea the career 30, 40, 50-year politicians, 50 years I mean, that's just... And not just career politicians, but politicians and who don't maintain any other line of employment. Nothing. And they live in Washington. They become part of the Washington machine. They don't represent their constituents. They don't represent their state, their, their uh, county, their city, nothing. So, I mean, really, it's a huge problem because what he's saying, I think, is true, is that you could not really maintain any sort of decent lifestyle in Washington, D.C., DC on $174,000 a year. <laughs> and what does that do? That gives you the financial incentive to engage in all the corrupt behavior, the crony fascist sort of stuff that right. goes on in Washington, D.C., because that's the way that you financially survive. And what does that do? That perpetuates the, the you know government's involvement in all of these economic activities, which they shouldn't have any involvement that's in. That's why they and see it just goes Ted Cruz goes as an uh, existential threat. To their status quo, to their status quo. That's what he is, and that's why they can't stand him. That's why four book dealers actually did a bidding war for Ted Cruz's book about Pu- publishers. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. uh, what is that? Book dealers. Oh, okay, sorry. Publishers. Yeah. Book dealers. What the hell? Yeah. Um, it, it's about his time in Washington. I think about about his first year and what he learned and what he you know. So it should be interesting, and I think he's as honest as politicians come. So he'll tell the truth, to you know, to the to as much as a politician can. Yeah, and I mean, that's really the way I would think if you're there and you basically find yourself with a salary that isn't adequate, yeah. write a book of value. Do something of value something. in Stop addition stealing. because that's really what you're supposed to be doing. And if you're just going to sit there and only be a politician, you are part of the problem. This is not supposed to be a full-time job. You need to scale back. You need to be part of the solution of scaling back legislators' activities so that 174000 that's a wonderful part-time salary. I'm just thinking. Yeah. It's angry. It's, uh, it, it's, it's really, really, truly terrible. So let's all just pony up some more cash. Right now around tax time, I mean, what? Deadline is coming up 11 days from now. Everyone is feeling Trembling. the pinch. They're, they're seeing how little of a refund that they're getting back or maybe they're getting a big tax bill around this time of year and here's this guy he's saying okay i'll take the hit i'll push for a higher salary for all of these guys who are draining can i just mention one money one out thing of our pockets side? yeah uh you know this uh, story of, of the attack on the on the military installation three people were murdered it's not muslim but people assumed it was right because you know if, if it's not a muslim we're shocked right. that's, that's that's where we are but there have been some comments out there 
about killing all Muslims. Elliot actually gave me a heads up on one. I saw another one. A guy put it on my, on my thread. We've got to kill them all. That's Muslim talk. That's Quran talk. Kill the infidels where you find them. They're, they're basically flipping and say, kill all Muslims where you find them. No matter if they're engaged in jihad or not. No matter if they're BS Muslims. Kill them. That's what they, these people are saying. This is some scary stuff here. People just don't understand the difference between being opposed to an ideology and stating your opposition to that ideology, criticizing that ideology at every turn versus condemning every single person who self-identifies with that ideology. Because there are a lot of people, they're self-identified Muslims, but... Please. I don't. I they're, don't care. They're fake I mean, Muslims. My kind of Muslims are fake Muslims. They don't give a damn for Islam, at all. And I don't. I don't wish them especially, any harm whatsoever. I, in fact, what I wish is that they would actually go and read and study more about Muslims their religion and change in their the mind. the West, they're the best Muslims on earth. They've been exposed to civilization. They know what it means to be a human being. They're not your typical Muslims. And to say we got to kill them, this is evil. This is absolute evil, and it's picking up now. Yeah, that, it's that, unacceptable. They're I mean, going to be that, shunned. That was the knee-jerk reaction right after Fort Hood, right? That yes. some people said, oh, we need to start killing yes. all Muslims. I mean, and this is the kind of stuff that people try to accuse you of. Yes. But you have never... They dream that I'm like these guys. They want me to be like these guys. I'm making a point to be very, very clear of what I mean. Islam is evil. If you are, a complete, if, if you are in complete alignment with Islam, you're evil. Muslims, most Muslims aren't, especially Western Muslims. They're just not. I still have Muslim family members, you know, decent people. They are, no matter what, you know, anyone would like to believe. They are. Yep. And these are people who would be targeted by... Yes, by this whack job. This guy, Pat Dullard. He's out there on Twitter? Is that where he was doing this? He has a a blog. And I remember being in contact with him a few years ago on Twitter. I said in my book, he said, oh, yeah, great. He never said anything about it. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm real glad because he probably would think I'm PC. He probably would, would believe I'm, I'm PC. We have a couple minutes before the break. Let's do a quick little story before we take that station identification and news break in a second or two. Obama. Yeah. He's going out on a tour to promote his minimum wage. And in the process, he's visiting a university, although it's interesting. Yeah. He, the story is yeah. that he visited a university, but he's here <laughs> talking to young kids. Yeah. And I think the point is that he's speaking to adults who are university students as if they are young children because he's dumbing down the debate, according to Breitbart.com. The headline is, Obama calls GOP policies stink burger oh, and so mean lame. witch. That is so lame. Stink burger and mean witch. That is so lame. Can I just say something here? James says, Western Muslims are peaceful, but I sure wish they spoke up louder against the jihadis. James, check out my piece. My name is Bosch, and I'm a recovered Muslim. I cover everything about that, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, that that really would be the solution. But yeah, here's Obama out there touting his Let's Give America a Raise campaign. As if, you know, I mean, there's so many statistics that make that give America a raise completely wrong. First of all, there's only apparently, what, 1.1% of the workforce making minimum wage. The other thing is, if you increase the minimum wage, you're going to increase the price of everything (laughs) and give everybody else an effective pay cut. So it's a bunch of garbage. But moreover, he is appealing to laughter 
and ridicule yes. by calling GOP policies stink burger sorry. or mean witch. How lame. I mean, it's not even funny. Not at all. If you want to mock someone, you better go for the throat. That stinks. That's a stink burger comment. Definitely. Definitely. After we get back at the top of the hour, we are going to continue in particular with news. Muslim Brotherhood is launching its own political party here in the U.S. That's something you should want to talk about, right, Bosh? Nazi party? Uh, pretty much. Nazi party USA. Close. Yes. Close. That'll be there after this. Okay, everyone, that was my attempt at bumper music. (laughs) We are in the little break that's going to be the news break over at Liberty Express. But if you're listening to me now, you are listening on either Blog Talk Radio or AM FM 24-7. If you want to call in and talk about any of the stories that we've been talking about today, again, I urge you 760-888-5817. And let me go ahead and turn off this little music here. I'm going to have to get more coordinated at this, Bosh, you know? <laughs> well, you're, you're very good. Better, better than I would be. Better than last week, a little better than last week, getting that a little bit of bumper music in there. Yeah. Can I do an update? Sure. This is uh, an update where I follow up on a story from last about week. About atheism and the rights reaction, Mark Levin trashing atheists in general, uh, and then the Saudis classifying atheists as terrorists. Oh, gosh. And putting them in jail. I, I, because Saudis, right, in their minds probably, in, in what passes for their minds, they, they think, if anyone makes me doubt my faith, it's as if they're flying planes into my brain. So therefore, we have to imprison them. 20 years at least, just for being an atheist. This, and you know what? It's just Mark Levin, the way he treated that atheist, this is in, it's, it's, it's pretty much in sync. I think Mark Levin is far more religious than, than he puts off. And he's clearly um, bothered by people running around without believing in God. Right. And he, he sure as hell doesn't want anyone in, in the presidency that, that doesn't believe in God. I mean, my God. guess is he's not that firm in his own beliefs. I think that's really the problem. Yeah. All, also, these Saudis. I mean, terrorists, atheists. Here, here's something that we also need to talk about during this little news break here. It is news, and it is news about Chris Christie. So I think this calls for <laughs> a right. chocolate run. Can yes. you run real quick and grab yes. some chocolate? Again, all the stories that we talk about today are at don'tletitgo.com. You can grab the link there. But this is a story from Breitbart, and the headline is Gaff. Chris Christie, oh. Chris Christie refers to Israel's quote-unquote occupied territories at a GOP Jewish coalition meeting. Oops. Can you say oops? It's not, okay. It's not a gaffe. This is not a gaffe. This is in perfect sync with Chris Christie, who is an Islamophile. He appointed a Muslim Brotherhood-associated judge in New Jersey. He ignored the grounds of mosque, pretend to be neutral by it when he actually supports it. He took a picture with a Quran in his hands and was surrounded by unsmiling Muslims while he was smiling, smiling like an imbecile. And there's on and on and on. Even Daniel Pipes, who is, you know, a little mushy, said Chris Christie's Islam problem a few years ago. This guy is in bed with Muslims. So, of course, he speaks their language. Of course, he says it about Israel. Of course. Mm. I am chewing 
some yummy chocolate here. What do we have? We have a couple no different varieties. We have no more. Ghirardelli Sea Salt Soiree, it's over. which is a lower concentration of dark chocolate, but dark chocolate oh, okay. nonetheless. No, I, I saved you a little bit. Thank you. And then we have Chocolove, which is 77%. This is kind of my new oh, favorite. They need to become a sponsor of this show <laughs> because then I could have free chocolate. <laughs> Love it. Um, you can buy individual bars of this at Whole Foods. So they should be a sponsor of my show. And for yeah. the billionth time, Chris Christie, a.k.a. Eater Eating. You get the reference. Mm-hmm. Huh. Let's see what else here. So, Christie, according to Politico, had to apologize to Republican donor Sheldon Adelson for using the charged term, occupied territories, during a speech in Las Vegas. Christie was describing his trip to Israel in attempting to highlight his foreign policy experience. Huh. Because he went to Israel. Yeah, telling those listening that he, quote, took a helicopter ride from the occupied territories across <laughs> what a mess. and just felt personally how extraordinary that was to understand the military risk that Israel faces every day, end quote. Now, I think he blamed it on his, on his second lunch. I think he said, you know, it didn't sit well, his second lunch. I just don't know how many brains this guy has, but what you can tell for sure, I mean, first of all, he... He absorbed this term, oh, yeah. occupied territories, by, by in an unthinking way. Yep. By his Muslim friends. Right. And that's the point, is that he had spent time conversing in a congenial way Absolutely. with Muslims, Arabs, whoever, in this, from this region, who use that terminology. You know, activist Muslims. And he absorbed it. Which are... On the march, activist Muslims, not average Muslims who are not involved with anything, activist Muslims, meaning they're in on it. And he's in bed with them. And he appointed five of them who were also linked to Muslim Brotherhood for his, uh, I don't know, cooperation council, whatever he called it. If you could, um, can you get my phone from the other room? Because I have queued up a cute little clip that I want to play during this next segment. And those of you listening here on Blog Talk Radio, I'm going to try to do a little bit of bumper music magic and see how I do. Um, let me try, I would say, this one. second hour of Don't Let It Go On Her. This is the April 4th, 2014 show. I'm Amy Peikoff. Joining me here in the studio is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Bosch. So over the break, we were doing our little discussion of stories about Chris Christie. Why? So we have an excuse to eat chocolate. Hmm. And the one story that we talked about is posted over my blog at don'tletitgo.com that Christie made a gaffe referring to Israel's occupied territories, quote-unquote, at a GOP Jewish coalition <laughs> meeting. This guy has had sympathetic conversations with Muslim, people who Muslims. use that terminology, which yep. is activist Muslims, people who are against the state of Israel. Yep. He has had friendly conversations with them, and in those conversations has absorbed unthinkingly the use of this terminology 
And it's still pathetic. He was trying to uh, talk about his uh, bona fides when it comes to foreign policy. Yeah, I took a helicopter over the <laughs> over the occupied territories, and everyone probably gasped in the room, like, "What? What? You're here asking us for money, and you pull this? I hope they, I hope he didn't get a dime, but you know he did, because there's a lot of self-loathing Jews there, and they say, you know what? Whatever. Yeah, that 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 doesn't matter. His heart's in the right place. Yeah. yeah. I'm still chewing here because we have another story. His stomach's in the wrong place. Here's another one. This is surveillance cams seem to be everywhere, even in the woods. And why is New Jersey installing them? Hmm. This is a local news story over in New Jersey right now. Installing them? (laughs) Installing them. Why is New Jersey installing them? So the upshot is is that in the government-owned parks, recreation areas, people don't have regard for their surroundings. And so they leave all sorts of trash and engage in other forms of vandalism and basically dirtying up the place. And what they want to do to counter that is put these cameras everywhere, surveillance cameras. So, so much for enjoying right. your time. You got to watch your back. The whole purpose of these parks, you know, the reason for being, the reason people would support them at all is so that they can go there and enjoy some recreation and some leisure time. But now, everywhere you turn, there's going to be a camera. Or you think there could be a camera everywhere you go. Everybody knows that if you think you're on camera all the time, you're going to change the way you act and eventually the way you think. Politicians, in Hmm. other words, they want us to be like them. You know, watch every word, even though they don't. Thankfully, it says not everyone is convinced that it's going to be worth the result that the camera placement hopes to achieve that you know keeping all this stuff clean why not just why not just hire more people to clean the place up why not i, I bet Bums. it's cheaper i bet it's cheaper it would create it more jobs than to put cameras everywhere but no they always go for the control behavior yes. as opposed to yeah. redress right. problems from behavior yeah. they want they want to Maintain regulate control. in advance and that's yeah. that's the way that government has been going so much and then, of course, there's you can rat on people. They have a stop jumping, stop dumping dot nj dot gov slash enforcement. Prevent dumping by more strongly enforcing the anti dumping laws. If a user clicks on the enforcement tab, this, this is New Jersey, right? You can go ahead and rat on. This people. is New Jersey, right? This is New Jersey. Well, you know, Christie doesn't uh, throw anything away. He puts it all, even bags, whatever leftover napkins. I mean, he eats it all. So that's what he wants them to do. He says, "Look, you got to learn to really take it all on." No garbage. He's a living, breathing garbage. Uh, so surveillance cameras probably coming to California soon as well because where New, New Jersey goes, uh, California often follows. So this is very, very sadness. You know what I want to do before we get into our discussion of Captain America? So I want to follow up on something that we did, I think it was a couple weeks ago, where we talked about disappointments and pleasant yes. surprises. And yes. this is a clip from Jimmy Fallon. And Jimmy Fallon, the things that we talked about a couple weeks ago were, first of all, I just like the fact that he is an all-around entertainer. Yes, he's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's a dancer. Sing, dance, everything, entertain. And we played a clip from Billy Joel and him yep. forming a two-man doo-wop group right. with the assistance of iPad technology. IPad. That was really fun. Yep. And the other thing that I liked is that he had that clip 
where it was supposedly Obama and Putin mm-hmm. talking on the phone about Crimea, funny. and there was that great crack about Obamacare. Yes. That basically, you know, selling or you know, forcing Their people name. to get something that they don't want. They have a name for that in Russia, and that's Very called good. Obamacare. So. Very good. Really awesome stuff. And this week, as everybody knows, that you know, over this last week, the 31st was the deadline to sign up for Obamacare, and. Obama's been going around, I guess, bragging, celebrating that supposedly they got 7 million signups. Did they get them? What, you what's, you, you what? know they didn't. You know they didn't. You know, you know they're lying. But they got probably more, more than they were, you know, than they thought they would because what? Because what? Because the government's forcing people to do right, it. Right, exactly. That's the only reason why. He's celebrating government force. That's what he's celebrating, quote, unquote. Celebrating that forcing people to do something works. And, yeah. and this is sort of the message that you get here from Jimmy Fallon. So let me see if my little queued up clip works here appropriately and, and listen to what he has to say. Bummer. Um, uh, well, yesterday was the big deadline to sign up for Obamacare, and the White House seems very happy. They said that 7 million people have signed up. When asked how many people tried to sign up, they were like, 30 million. What's that? What was that again? Oh, done nothing. I'm just saying everything's a big success. Everything's great. Yeah, how many people got to sign up? I can't. Again, I can't. Well, it must be windy in here. I'm so sorry. Seventy million. Um, that's right. The White House uh, says it surpassed its goal for the people enrolled in Obamacare. It's amazing what you can achieve when you make something mandatory and find people if they don't do it and keep extending the deadline for months. It's just—it's like a Cinderella story. It's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> so I thought that was very good. You know, and uh, as Robert says, I mean, he's been he's been kissing up to Obama for a while, but uh, he took two pretty big pot shots at him this week. And whatever he's doing it for, ratings, whatever, good. Whatever reason he's doing it for, it's attacking Obamacare and Obama, which is always good. I mean, there's so many people who are willing to not even try to get ratings when they know that they could get it mm-hmm. by speaking the truth, yes, exactly by criticizing right. what needs to right. get criticized. So at least he's recognizing... Yeah, because I think his ratings weren't great out of the gate. And someone said, Jimmy, you really, you, you got to appeal to Americans, not Obama, Americans. And this is what appeals to Americans, the, the, the truth about Obamacare, about Obama. And he seems to be saying it pretty comfortably. Maybe he's getting the hang of it. I don't know. The writers are there saying, Jimmy, you really got to go after the president. doesn't matter if he's a Democrat. doesn't matter if you voted for him. Well, and Jon Stewart was also criticizing Obamacare yeah, to some extent. Yeah, but, but this you, it, you it's, not, it's not as an essential a way. I mean, here he's pointing out that people are being forced yes, to do this. Which is a rare thing. Very rare. And he's mocking the president for celebrating force. You know, because that's really what it comes down to. Obama is celebrating the fist of government. You know what we got to do? I want to see what are the actual enrollment figures out there. Yeah. Do you know? Well, they lied their asses off before that date, and now they're lying again. So that's it. Let's see if Drudge can give us anything on the latest it. enrollment figures. If they don't want us to know something, we will not know. Oh, the stocks are zooming around again, says Drudge. That's the first thing that we learned. It says stocks spooked after hitting highs. So probably somebody at the Fed breathed a word or two about whether or not they're going to continue pumping all that money into the economy, and then everybody just freaks out. Um, Two tunnels with rail systems found at the U.S.-Mexico border. Oh, that is encouraging and very Sorry, Boehner asks, where are the promised jobs? I ask, where is Boehner's, you know, bowls? 
that's what I ask, because if he had some, it might be more jobs. Uh, unemployment is stuck at 6.7%, and yet a story that I saw earlier today was touting it as, oh, we're having more of a recovery, and that we are not having any kind of recovery. It's a bunch of garbage. <sighs> but I, I don't see enrollments here. Do you see enrollments? No, and uh, if, there, if there were, they'd be touting them every single day and pushing them hard. The one story that I saw, which I thought was really uh, enlightening, is that even though they're saying there was 7 million enrollments, however many enrollments, how many people have actually paid for a policy? That's yes, one That's yes. one figure. And it was, was in the 800-some-odd yes. thousand 800, only? Technically speaking, 800-something actually paid for policy. The rest, what, sign up? They went to the website? Here's Washington Post, which we assume is going to be biased in favor of our current yes. administration. Obamacare enrollment numbers, what we know and what we don't know. I don't have this link well, over at my blog. I'm lie, but, com, but I'm encouraged to do this. Okay, so it says this. Uh, Washington, Senator, Washington Richard, Senator Richard Durbin on oh, February 9th. Durbin, a lion rat. The bottom line is this. 10 million Americans have, have health insurance today who would not have had it without the Affordable Care Act. How many don't have it because of it? 10 million. Yeah, that's what I would like to know. Um, 10 million insured benefited from this. So this is the number that they keep putting out there. 10 million, they would not have had it. Uh, it says actually the best estimate was about 4 million at that point. So he earns four Pinocchios for that. John Boehner just two weeks ago, he says, when you look at the 6 million Americans who have lost their policies, uh, they claim 4.2 million who have signed up. I don't know how many have actually paid for it. That would indicate to me a net loss of people with health insurance. Apparently, that's also not true by any measure. Millions of people have gained insurance, but they haven't said exactly what it is. Uh, have they actually – the Washington Post does not say how many people lost their insurance no, of because of not. Obamacare. And I know people who do this have lost it personally. They have to always go around the, the – the, I mean, they're supporters of Obama, so they'll have to tell some kind of truth, some kind of news, but they just can't. They just can't do it. Rand Economist, sur they surveyed 2,600 people. They note the percentage change in the insured. Um, and then I guess the Times did some sort of a calculation. Uh, as of March 22nd, the survey found that the percentage of Americans on Medicaid had increased. This is Medicaid, right? Mm -hmm. Single payer. Again, <laughs> this is the problem. Right. How many people have gotten onto this single payer stuff? Yep. Americans on Medicaid has increased from 7.7% in 2013 to 10% in 2014. The survey's margin error of two percentage points. The percentage of Medicaid recipients in 2014 could be anywhere from 8 to 12 percent. So it could be even higher. And Obama's been bragging about the number of people. Another story that I saw talked about the high number of people that when they have enrolled, supposedly enrolled, mm -hmm. they are being given subsidies or offered subsidies so that how many people are actually buying insurance on a market? Remember, this is all promised as just making insurance affordable, mm -hmm. that basically we're creating a market, uh, that people are going to go out there and buy insurance. Really what's happening is a whole ton of people are getting subsidized and a ton of people are being pushed on to Medicaid. And a number of hardworking Americans are simply unable right. to continue to buy insurance for themselves. It, at least it doesn't make any economic sense for them to do so. So, for example, and I, I've said this example before, I know a young woman in New York uh, she and her husband are in their 20s. They're married, and they literally had to stop being insured at, after March 31st 
Why? Because they said that the best that they could find was that they could pay 700 a month for a policy that would cover practically nothing mm. versus pay the fine, which is relatively low this year. And that's the gamble that a lot of people are taking. The other thing is that I've spoken to a law student who was saying that his fellow law students are pretty much gambling as well. And, you know, law students are typically pretty young. They're in the, say, 22 to 26 range. Mm. And they're not buying insurance. They're choosing to pay the fine. And he suspects that they're going to pay the fine up to the point where the fine is going to start becoming as expensive as the insurance itself. People are taking the path of least cost. Yes. And it's not surprising. So that's another reason you don't believe the sign-up numbers. I I wouldn't believe that all these people. Now, they they might have gone there and, quote, picked a plan, but then they might have had sticker shock like so many people did when they ever went to this website and not purchased anything at all. Uh, Someone in the chat room is saying a fine for not getting Obamacare. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, it's not, it sounds it's it's it's, I mean, it's it's worse than dumb. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's, it's theft. It's absolutely it's theft. It's anti rights. It's a violation of our rights. And, and you know, I'm getting so offended too because of the huge promotional campaign that they did in order to try to force all these people, the young people, to sign up. That I felt like not only am I being stolen from, yes. but I'm being Say stolen that. from in order to pay Hollywood types to promote. <sighs> The racket, the criminal the theft racket, ring. Exactly right. Yeah. This is a criminal racket. We got a criminal in chief, a thief in chief. I guess one can call him a thief in chief. Now, in terms of the increase in the Medicaid population, the survey might not have only consisted of people who have never been insured, right? So, this is another thing that has happened people who were already on insurance policies they would go to the website just to see what was available to them and they'd be offered Medicaid under either the Medicaid expansion <laughs> or just because, oh, they didn't even realize That's that they were stuff. eligible for That's Medicaid. Hey, are you, you're eligible for this? This freebie, this freebie. Yes. Yeah, I'm waiting for the food stamps. And, you know, this is a magnet for parasites. I mean, that's what really it was. That website, magnet for parasites. Let's maintain what we got and make it bigger, a bigger government. Another story that I did see this week, and unfortunately I don't have it linked at don'tletitgo.com, was one in which a couple reported that when they had signed up for some sort of insurance policy under Cover California, they got in the mail voter registration forms that were practically illegibly mm. marked already to be Democrat. Yes. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. pre-marked. I mean. I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. And then, then supposedly when they tried to report it, they didn't get any response at all and covered California. Oh, well, we don't do anything. You know, we don't pre-mark these things. Cover up California? What is it? Yeah. So they, they, they want you to enroll in Medicaid because there's the single-payer program already. They could just expand that right. straight. Exists, right. If they can't get that, they want to get you on a subsidy. And especially if you're getting a subsidy – and, you know, if you, if you like your subsidy, you can keep your subsidy. That's one thing that's true in this country. If you like your subsidy, you can keep the subsidy right now. Yeah. If you like your subsidy, you can also vote for the Democratic politicians that are going to promise to keep those subsidies if, rolling in. If you like big government, you can keep your big government. And we will make sure, and you will help us keep it, or else. You know, that reminds me that I think I missed a fun little end of this 
joke okay. from <laughs> from Fallon. Okay. I cut him off too early. So let me let me back up about 30 seconds if I can, and we'll do it. Here we go. Here we go. Deadline to sign up for Obamacare. Oh, well. It was short. And the White House seems very happy. They said that 7 million people have signed up. When asked how many people tried to sign up, they were like, 30 million. <laughs> What's that? What was that again? Because that's all Tell him the truth. 
to whatever extent he can is important for him as a career move. You know, Saturday Night Live also had a pretty good clip oh, yeah. this week, right? But it was it was not no, at no, fundamental not level. Not Absolutely not. Level. Not like Fallon. Fallon actually went there. They didn't go there, but they went. They mocked the president for his absolutely demeaning, embarrassing attempts to force Americans to go under Obamacare. And they had this one uh, thing where he had to make out with Justin Bieber. Right. That's a good example of that. That's where we're heading. This absolute silly, disgusting, needless culture that we're living well, in. Well, and this is the exact right spirit where you've got the American media doing what it's supposed to do, which is criticizing politicians power, right? who are overstepping their power. Yes. It's, I mean, what happened to truth to power? Now it's starting to trickle in a little. But only through the comedy shows. Only through comedy shows, exactly. New shows, they're still on board. I mean, these scum are still on board. And you got like a Brian Williams hack who is also lamenting the... Uh, the uh, ruling about the uh, what's called the the, the campaign, uh, the lack of limitations now. Oh, okay, he was right. lamenting it. Him and the other hack, Bob Bob Schieffer. It's going to ruin the world if people are allowed to spend I their mean, money un- promoting the ideas that they believe in. Right. Happy Emo says that Fox News is trying to unblind us. They're they're better, but yeah. yeah. I, I I think that Fox News is actually probably the the best of the. Yeah, it's 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 the, better than the scum. That's not saying much, but they are better than the scum. You know, we're coming up pretty soon on our bottom of the hour break. And after that, we are going to talk about Captain America. So we want anybody who has seen Captain America and does want to talk about the movie with us to call in 760-888-5817. Get your phone calls ready. I know that somebody's there on the switchboard now. Perhaps they're going to be ready to talk about it after the break. That would be wonderful. Uh, Joel saying, okay, bye, guys. Yeah, we are. We're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion of Captain America after the break. So definitely stick with us for that. In terms of other stories. Let me see what else we got on the radar. We are going to talk about Robert Redford, one yeah. of the one of the stars of Captain America, and some observations that Robert Bosch Red made about him. <laughs> it's definitely quite appropriate the casting of the oh. movie, as you will see. Um, so yeah, do get your comments and questions, I guess, of Captain America. We will start our spoiler-filled discussion of Captain America after this. Okay, everyone, we are on the other side of our little bump there, bumper music. And, yeah, we've got, what, three and a half minutes or so before we go into our final segment, and we are going to talk about Captain America. Let's see how we're doing, Bosch, on the, yeah. on the list here. Got, uh, I think we got through. You know, I think I, I was going a little bit too quickly to try to get through all of the stories, and I'm wondering if we failed to do some of these stories some justice. Charles Koch. Well, we're going to talk about that yeah. one towards the end because – here you have someone in the real world today no, who's, fighting. Who's, who's fighting, fighting in the way that we actually can. Absolutely right. <laughs> you want to give me some super soldier serum? 
Right. I'll go fight the way Captain America <laughs> fights, right? That's right. But that's most right. of us are fighting in the realm of ideas, and, right. and that's what uh, Coke tries to do. And that's what the movie tries to do also, to, to some extent, to the limited extent. They are trying to fight this, the, uh, the bad ideas that, that are taking hold as well. Yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely get on that. Now, what else do we maybe give a little short shrift to? Um, I don't know. Um, we got a few things. We definitely got a... Uh, Chris Christie, he wants one of our president. Uh, uh, Paul Ryan uh, is doing this new budget where it's still basically milk toast, and it's also way in the future when they start cutting, which is BS. That's you know, typical. A typical politician. That is so typical and, that the and, cuts don't happen. He's getting criticized for it, rightfully so. Even Sarah, Sarah Palin called it something. She mocked it, which it should be mocked. He's a lousy politician and a dishonest one. You know, He said he got into politics because of Ayn Rand. And he threw her under the bus and hasn't really redeemed himself at all about it. Now, some people are staying even though this, I'm they sorry, Emo, have or haven't seen Mar- movies. Emo says Captain America is the most useless superhero. The only power he has is gun and shield. First of all, he doesn't carry a gun. And it's his ideals. He's an American patriot. He's a super patriot. That's what he is. So, lousy. Elliot had to bounce because he didn't uh, see the movie, I guess. So I'm assuming that people who are going to remain here and listening to us right after this break are people who saw the movie or maybe they don't care if we give them spoilers, right? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but uh, we still got uh, a minute something. A minute. No, <laughs> so, no, it's fine. No, but the, the one story that I thought maybe I didn't do justice to, just thinking off the top of my head here, is maybe we should have said more about campaign finance. Maybe. But I think the, the basic point... I think the reaction is telling by the left. It's the end of the world to them. That's the end of the world. Whenever freedom has a little more chance to breathe, they act as if it's an existential threat. And that's right. what they're doing. Freedom has opened up a little more this week because of this. Or, or the idea that, um, you know, after Ted Cruz released his commercial promising right. again to repeal every single word, he says the debate about repeal is over. Yes, he did. As if he that can was, make that so just by but stating But also, it. you know who he's talking to. You know who he's talking about. The only one talking about in those terms is Ted Cruz. Right. He's campaigning against Ted Cruz. He couldn't and shouldn't, and he's not, but he is. He knows that Ted Cruz has something going and he has to fight that preemptively. He has to. Right. Because Obama knows that once he's out, there, is a, there will be a desire to repeal this crap. I hope more than a desire. That's all I can say. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go into some music, and we will return right after the break. You put so much thought into your whole design Hi everyone, we are in the final segment of today's show This is Don't Let It Go Unheard, you're listening to Amy Peekoff And with me in the studio here is cartoonist Bosch Faustin And this little bit of music that I'm playing for you here Is Matt Bayless, his song Perfect For Me Which I recommend you go check out at Matt Bayless.com, I believe, is his website. B-E-I-L-I-S. Definitely check it out. So here we go. So Ed says he never saw the first Captain America okay. movie, and to, he's not planning on well, seeing this one. we have one. to kick him out of the chat room now. That's I mean, right. That's it. Sorry, Ed. It's over. <laughs> no, but seriously, the first one was excellent. This one is just better. It's superior. 
So we need we need to talk Ed into seeing Captain America. Now, first of all, we are going to have now, as we promised yep. in this last segment of the show, a spoiler-filled discussion of the Captain America movie, yep. which I've seen only one huh. pathetic time, whereas <laughs> Bosch here has seen twice within twelve hours. Oh. That's right. I I've always done that. You know, super, super movies. And a lot of them haven't been good over the years, but now they're starting to be did really Did you ever good. camp out in the theater? No, I never, I never you have. You never did I that. never have. I've always found a way to get there at a certain time and just get in, you know. If you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, the first link I have is just the Captain America website where you can read all about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And then I've got some links to reviews. But let me just tell you my overall take of the movie is that it – takes an excellent position on the danger of government overreach and particularly government overreach with respect to surveillance and the idea that they're going to use all this information uh, to predict who is going to cause a problem for the government in advance. And we're talking millions of people on that list. Millions. And Tony Stark was one of them. Uh, the, 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 uh, the president. The president of the United president, States yeah. himself was one of them. Right. It, 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 not Obama, because Obama would be uh, with them. But anyway, yeah. Obama Ed, would not be on the side of Captain America in this movie at all. Ed, Ed wonders whether the writer of the movie is someone no, of note. Do you no, know? as far as I don't know. Well, and, and here, here's another thing that I want to – because everyone is talking about how the movie – is, in effect, a critique on the NSA. But as I understand it, Bosch, these movies are written and shot a long time in advance. So if we time, the Snowden revelations were, I believe, late May, early June of last year. Had they already shot this movie? Yeah, they may have been shooting it. Clearly, they they wrote it by that point, clearly. They may have been shooting it last year. And I think maybe as things were, were trickling out, they maybe had this surveillance idea, but then they amped it up, possibly possible to bring in the reality because this, this is what we're facing who but captain america better to fight this captain america the right. patriot the guy who fights for freedom literally um i think it's just i think i think it's perfect i think he's a perfect tool to fight that and uh you know movies now the the only place you're going to find movies that deal with post 9-11 post obama in a big way are super movies and in sometimes fundamental ways uh, the Dark Knight, dealing with terrorism, the chaos of terrorism with the, with the Joker, even even the Avengers of this all-out attack, you know, reminds you of 9/11, and now this this movie about the surveillance state, about the government way out of control, you know, to basically has an enemy list, right? And the enemy list is monstrous. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable who they're willing to take out, and Captain America is in the middle of it. I mean, it's perfect. I mean, it's just perfect to me, a man out of time, a 95-year-old man from World War II, comes from America that is simpler, more direct, straight, black and white, and comes into this absolute gray mess and has a chance to look at it with clearer eyes than anyone else around him and gets a following. Yeah, no, and he, de- he definitely did. Now, some things that I want to say, first of all, the movie has quite a pace, mm. and it has tons <laughs> and tons of chase scenes. <laughs> Which I love. Up. People trying to kill you from all directions. I but mean, to, you know what? It, to, to know what's at stake, it right. amps up. It makes it a far better than just some stupid idiotic chase scene. This is some serious stuff going on here. Right, right. And I think what it does. I mean, sometimes 
when a movie has this kind of pace, I think there's a purpose to it. Sometimes it's purposeless, but in this case, they're showing what the logical conclusion yes. of something like the NSA yes, is. absolutely right. right? So absolutely because right. what, again, you know, when, when and I, we can go back to something that I wrote a long time ago on that attack watch thing. If you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and yeah. you Google, or not Google, but search, Google has become that generic word for search. <laughs> right. But if you search for attack watch, then you'll find the little post that I wrote about it. And I talk about attack watch as, basically an example of how force stops thinking, right? And even if the government says all we're doing is collecting, you know, uh, lists of instances where people have misrepresented the president's policies, which is what Attack Watch was about, right? right? Attack Watch was, you know, tell us when there's an unfair attack on Barack Obama or his policies. And it's Americans asked to, you know, kind of report us, their fellow Americans. Give us names for our list. Right. Give right. us names for our list, which the enemies in this movie have. And even when they say, you know, even when they say that, you know, all they're doing is watching, Mm-mm. just knowing that you're watched is affecting your conduct. And also, why would they be watching? You're up to no good if you're doing that. Right. There's no good reason for doing and, that. And, and then, because they can't say why they're doing it, the real reason, yeah. which in this movie, they go... You know. Well, and, and, and the implicit thing behind that, this watching, right, is why are they watching all of these things unless they think that there is something actionable in it? Exactly right. right. Right? It's not just for the hell of it. I mean, just go it's, back to... Go it's, back. Not that I, it's, it's not just I like to watch. No, no, no. I need to watch so I can do something about these people. So use the information against you in your career. Yep. Use it in the most extreme sense. And again, here's major spoiler, right? Yes. Because what they're doing in, or they're attempting to do in this movie is they're attempting to take all of your records from your whole life. School, you know, and you know this right now through the Common Core, that in the Common Core they are proposing to compile children's school records from the government schools, maybe even from other schools, everything into a database about the child. They're going to have a record of people all the way through their entire and, lives and if know, they can have it. They'll know who's a threat and who's not to yeah. their plans. And, that, and that's the premise, that they're going to know who's a threat and who's not a threat to their plans yep. to install and ensure order in yep. the world, so-called order. Right. And how do they have order? By having control over everybody. So the, the, the whole premise of this is that they identify who are the potential threats through this, um, you know, just massive surveillance and invasion of privacy, compiling of all the government databases where they've collected all this information, they they say explicitly in the book, I mean in the book, in the in the movie, your SAT scores, your financial transaction records, school records, everything else, and and they they predict based on all of these records that they have from you using some algorithm that you're going to become a danger to their attempt to take over the world. And if they've identified you as a danger, one of three football-sized ships that they're putting up into the air. Football stadium size. Yeah, football stadium size, not football size, sorry. (laughs) Such a a feat of football-sized ships could do this, right? These football stadium-sized ships are going to take out simultaneously, within seconds, over 20 million people around the world who have been identified as and risks have, to the totalitarian state. I have state. to say this, okay? I have yeah. to add this. Robert Redford had his coming out party in this movie. 
Robert Redford had his full-on coming out party. It was not by accident that he accepted the role. He probably read it. I got to read something that I wrote a couple years ago about Robert Redford. He made a, 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 he made a movie glorifying the weather underground terrorists. He was on with uh, George Stepanopoulos, whatever his name is, on ABC. And he was talking about uh, terrorism. He was talking about the weather underground. They've killed people. They're, these are murderers. And he said he supports all of it. And when George Stephanopoulos said all of it, including Obama, he goes, all of it. He said literally all of it. And then the guy who we, who we idolized, uh, Bill Ayers, planned to murder 25 million Americans who he thought were you know, basically going to be a problem. Pro-capitalist. Pro-capitalist who will be a problem. So Robert Redford comes out, you know, as, I mean, in this movie, the, the enemies basically is, is Hydra and the, uh, and, and, and the Soviets with the, uh, the Winter Soldier. It basically, it's socialism. And that's, it's an alien idea to America. You have alien ideas coming into the country, infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. and getting enough power where they can run the entire show and uh, take out their enemies, take over the world and control the world. And as he puts it, to bring, quote-unquote, order to the world. Uh, if you want to hear the soundbite, Robert Redford, or, or not? Uh, the soundbite yeah. from him? Or yeah. not. Yeah, I, I do have it. Sure. If you, yeah. maybe you can get up quickly. So here's the uh, soundbite. Just, just one second, sorry. Um, this is Robert Redford talking with George Step on All of Us, as Michael Savage calls him. Here's the... Here's the yeah, you want it really loud? Yeah. Here we go. Very good. I'm just trying to find this. Sorry. It's taking a sweet time right now. Okay. Here we go. My wife and I watched the movie over the weekend, completely engrossing. And it seems to me, at least, that you pack a lot of your passions into a single movie. Political commitment, love and family life, journalism. I was just wondering, where did the spark come from on this one? Well, first of all, that's a great description. You ought to get on the marketing team. Like, um, when I was younger, I was very much aware of the movement. I was more than sympathetic. Terrorist really movement. Because I believed it was time for a change. Whether that change was a revolution or not, I don't know. But I was very much for what was going on. Even when you read about bombing? All of it. I knew that it was extreme. And I guess movements have to be extreme to some degree. All of it. And all of it includes Bill Ayers trying to, in his mind, murder 25 million Americans. That's what the answer was to Bill Ayers. This guy made a movie glorifying the world on the ground and Bill Ayers. And in this movie, he is out to kill 20 million Americans. This right. is, you know, and he doesn't have the conviction. One of the key lines was that you can bring security, order, and safety to 7 billion people. Yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I can't memorize Sacrifice it totally. To but Yes, yeah, 7 billion people, and all you have to do is sacrifice 20 million. And if you have the courage to do so. Right. And uh, Nick Fury says, I have the courage not to, you know. Right, and, and that's right, because the, the, the real courage is I mean, to live in a free society, yeah. not to And what's your point about, about the idea where you're living in this kind of world? It will be absolute chaos. It will be you're on the run. You're hiding your 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 well. Your any, yeah, any anybody basically who becomes an enemy of this totalitarian plan 
is someone who's going to have their life ruthlessly and incessantly targeted. And that's why the pace of the movie is what it is, because once Captain, Amer- once Captain America shows himself to be against what they're doing, <laughs> they won't stop until they kill him. And it's just unbelievable when, when basically he finds out, okay, this is some serious stuff going on here. He knows all hell's about to break loose. Yeah. And he, gets, he goes into the elevator alone. And after a few... Oh, people saw that in the previews. <laughs> you, you, preview. you saw one of the previews, you Basically, saw... Basically, a dozen was, yeah. guys from a few floors get in there. To go after and then him. he warns them. Um, basically tells them, if anyone wants to leave, you can leave now. You know? And then they just go all out on him. And, of course, he does what he is. I mean, he is a super soldier. And he lives up to it here. He's absolutely... He goes to war. And another beautiful thing is he puts on his old World War II uniform, the specific one. And that's just, to me, it's a, it's a symbolic moment to say, you know what, I'm from that more simple, direct time, black and white I America. identify with the America as it was then, Absolutely not the right. America as it is it's just, now. I mean, that's wonderful. Let me, in, let me, let in me, the beginning, he's wearing a dark, you know, a dark suit, a shield, you know, and by that point, he's wearing that light blue with the red, white, and blue. It's awesome. Let me tell you, that I, I've seen it only one time, but I think it's an excellent movie, and I highly recommend people go to it. There was one... Yes. significant error that I thought was made. And I just want to point it's it out. As an aside, though. I it, don't know if it was a main it, it, point that they wanted to. It's kind of an aside, right? But here's the thing. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, when they're first you know, describing this program in oblique terms, and actually I think the person, uh, Fury, who was describing it, didn't have total knowledge of everything no. that this program was going to do. No, he didn't. But the idea but was But he was pretty that, comfortable with the idea to... To the extent that he knew. Well, right. I would say basically Fury is like your John Boltons of today, yes. okay, who say that we need to have this surveillance in order to identify when there is an imminent terrorist and the, threat and, and keep us all safe. And the context being the Avengers with an all-out alien attack. And so we have to be on our toes here. We've got to be ready to strike anyone down. That's the, that's the thinking here. Right. And it's understandable that he, would, that, he, that, that he would think that. But Cat America at one point says, this is not freedom. This is fear. And then Fury reminds him, hey, I read, I read the stories, you know, in your day, you did some dirty stuff. And he said, yeah, we may have done it. We may have compromised uh, some, some of our ideals, but we all did it in the name of freedom. And he says, you better get on board, Captain. And he goes, uh, don't hold your breath, Captain America. Walks right. away. Powerful stuff. Like, powerful stuff. I love it. No, it was, it, was, it was good dialogue. Now, it only went down so far. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think that they did is they created a package deal in a certain way. And, and people who are objectivists and fans of Ayn Rand know this idea of a package deal. But the idea is that they lumped two things together that don't deserve to be put together in one package. And those two things are a, the idea of a preemptive strike entirely, that you would just dismiss that because of the type of preemptive strikes that they're imagining in in this film. Again, what they're envisioning in this film, the bad guys in this film, their plan is to preemptively, before before these people might even have formulated a plan to rise up against the government or, you know, conspire to do anything. Put it down now. Right, right, right. And so, you know, our idea of a valid preemptive strike would be something like Iran has fully armed, ready-to-go nuclear weapons. Iran has repeatedly said that they're going to either take out Israel, they're going to take out New York, whatever they're going to do with these weapons. So we know that they have the motive, means, and opportunity right now 
to do something and we hit them before they do it. That's a valid preemptive strike. What is not a valid preemptive strike is, first of all, taking out the kind of people that they want to take about, (laughs) which is just anybody who's the enemy of the totalitarian state. So there's that. But also you would not do a preemptive strike on somebody, for example, like that Pat Dollard on Twitter, right. just because he's Muslim, let's just take him out now. He's an animal. I an mean, that, that's, animal. that's insane, right? So you've you got to have And that's somebody, what he's talking about. Yeah, you, you have to identify that somebody has taken actual steps to prepare, to you know, uh, violate the individual rights of somebody else, that they're actually doing something that unequivocally shows that they are going to imminently violate right. the individual rights of somebody exactly. else. And then exactly you right. can preemptively strike them first. You don't you have, have to every wait. Moral right to. You don't have to wait till no. the guy shoots you. No. You can shoot him first. This is so wonderful. one could take that. You know? I don't think it was a big issue with them, but it is in there. The implication is absolutely in there. It's clear. Yeah, the implication is that no, you're, no, you're no either for preemptive strikes, yes, or in which yeah. means you're for all of this, yes. or you're against preemptive and strikes, which means you're against all of this. So, you know, but sh- to put this surely in a super you don't movie. believe in preemptive yeah, exactly. strikes. But it puts it in a super movie. And also the story between uh, Captain America and Bucky. I mean, it's just powerful. I, it's, to me, it's just reading comics for, you know, 30 plus years. It's a powerful relationship, a powerful moment in there near the end. Wow. And I just, I just want to just give, give a little... Uh, example of what Captain, what Captain America means means to me. Post 9-11, right after 9-11, I knew I would write and draw a comic book against the enemy. I knew that. It was, it was the given. It was the, you know, that was it. And the first character I thought about was Captain America. Mm-hmm. The patriot, the most patriotic superhero of all time. Jack Kirby, Joe Simon, two Jews in late 30s, early 40s, created him. 1941, he had his first comic a month before Pearl Harbor, punching out Hitler. This is what the character... Uh, represents. So I thought that. And then, of course, I was an unknown cartoonist, not yet, you know, developed in my work. And uh, Marvel was a PC piece of crap. Uh, they would never, ever dream of doing that. So I'm shocked, actually, they take this on to an extent. So what I did was pull back and thought about the enemy, this particular enemy, and create a pigman from there. Right. Which, which, which is what the uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon did in the 40s. They thought about this particular enemy and said, okay, we're going to flip that make this Ubermensch, the Superman, blonde hair, blue-eyed, against the Nazis, you know? Right, right, and that's what they did. You know, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, Bosch, is that Robert Redford may certainly not have realized that <laughs> he was being true to his weather underground sympathies think, by playing in this role. Look, Robert Redford let me, is let me, let me mid, read mid to, to late 70s. He's yeah. in mid to late 70s. He has nothing more to hide. He is in love with these quote-unquote revolutionaries, as he called them. He loves them. He made a movie about them. Okay, but listen. And now he comes out fully. Hail Hydra. Listen to this his review, though. Words. Listen to this review, though, right? And, and they're, they're talking about, this is a review from U.S. News. Well, and, it's, it's crap, probably. New, okay. U.S. News, yeah. But U.S. News is maybe reflecting what people take away from this movie. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. So it's Captain America takes on the NSA. And then it says, the latest Marvel film attempts to critique the surveillance state before going with hmm. the obvious enemy instead. Which is what? In their mind. Just Nazis. So, so their idea in the review, and let me find the little passage here. Their well, idea is that it's socialism. It's socialism, well, right, national right. socialist, and the and the Soviets. It's all combined. Well, it's no, basically of course, alien of course it America. is. Yeah. Of course it is. But basically, it says you know Rogers is the Marvel superhero that's going to put his foot down and say that his employers and his country, to which he has long considered himself considered himself a loyal soldier, have gone too far in the name of self defense. 
right? And then he says, except that the movie refuses to go that far. It says, while exploring contemporary political concerns, which also include the fantasy action trope du jour like post-traumatic stress disorder, drones, and extrajudicial killing, it finds a way to retread through the more familiar historical motifs i.e. the Soviets, the Nazis, and the authoritarian regime facilitating evil scientists in between. So what they're implying basically is that the bad guy, the fall guy in this is just some Nazis and stuff that have Mm. nothing to do with the larger themes that you and I are identifying in this, which is the totalitarian state as such, the mass surveillance. This reviewer has to keep it away from whom? He has to keep it away from whom? From Obama. He has to keep it away from his government. So it's not Obama. It's not that. It's just a fantasy. No, this is Obama's America. Obama cannot watch this movie and, and feel, right. you know, oh, I'm on Cat America's side. No, I'm on the bad guy's side. This is but, what I you am. you know, there are liberals, I imagine, who fail to identify that it's precisely the ideology that made Nazi Germany possible that is now defending things like the NSA, Obamacare, anything else that's going on in this country. And so they don't see it like, you know, if they don't want to see it because it's it's there. It's obvious. These guys are for Obamacare. They're for the surveillance state. They don't give a damn. They're for this, but they don't want to believe that. Like, I'm not for those Nazi guys, right? I'm not for them. No, no, no. That's just some fantasy stuff. This is an anti-big government, which means anti-Obama movie. It's basically Captain America against Obama's America. That's what it is. That's what it comes down right. to. And this and guy does not want to identify that because then he'll be like, oh, I'm on the side of the bad guys in the movie. I don't feel good about that. So therefore, I'll just pretend it's just ah, some Nazi historical thing and that's it. No, this guy clearly felt uncomfortable sitting in there and watching it and say, wait a minute. I believe in this crap. I'm not with Captain America here. I'm not. I'm on the old side. I'm comfortable with this stuff. If he writes for that, he's probably probably leftist. You, 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 U.S. News and World Report, Barbara Brandon said that it was uh, influenced by Ayn Rand. They've been so leftist on so many things, I think it's BS. By the way, uh, Ed said, does he need to watch the first movie? I'd say for the full context of who Captain America is and the relationship with him and Bucky, yes. I yeah, you, you'll get more out of the movie if you have seen the first it's one. It's important to know where he's coming from and to where he is now. It's important. And it's a good film, the first one. So I I would say maybe some people are reacting to it in a concrete-bound way, but I like the fact that it's both the Soviets and the Nazis who are the bad guys. The socialists. Because really, in the end, they are just both totalitarian regimes bent on killing people. Which is what Obama has loved. Obama was a supporter of the Soviets. Of course, he wouldn't be out there for for Nazis because they killed all these Jews and mass murderers. They're socialists. That's why FDR called them national. No, that's why I call them Nazis, not national socialists. Right. Because he was a socialist. There's one little nice touch that I want to point out before we go on, because we only it's have a couple. It's fun too, by the way. The movie. Oh, it's on top of all that, it is absolute fun, and it's funny. Definitely fun. There are a lot, a lot of funny moments. One nice little touch is that there is a moment in which you will think, hmm, that's sort of like John Galt. Yes, yes, there is. I'm not going to yes, say more is. than that because I don't want to give any spoilers Absolutely. to Atlas Shrugged, but people who to know Atlas Shrugged will get sort of an idea. Lay, of laying down the truth and people making a choice from that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Awesome. So about a minute you know left. I want to go watch it right now. All right, we'll take you're going to go watch it again. I'll watch no, it again. No, you're not. Okay, now somebody in our world 
who is himself fighting to restore a free society as Captain America was in the movie. Not that I want to necessarily <laughs> say Charles Koch is Captain America. Fighter. per se. Like Captain America. Koch is, Koch is trying to do his part. He's not a total objectivist, no. not, uh, but I know he's sympathetic he's a to Rand's ideas. He's a patriot. And he says that he's devoted most of his life to understanding the principles that enable people to improve their lives. It is those principles, the principles of a free society that have shaped his life, etc. And he says, unfortunately, the fundamental concepts of dignity, respect, equality before the law and personal freedom are under attack by our nation's own government. Yes. And he says, that's why we have no choice but to fight for those principles. He's been doing so, he says, for over 50 years. And in the past decade, he needs. He also he says he also has to engage in the political process. So he's explaining he's what he's doing. Go to the Wall Street Journal to read the entire piece. I have the link at my blog at don'tletitgo.com. So I can't believe Captain Coke. Captain okay. Coke. We're uh, we're out of time. Everybody, thanks for go listening. Go watch Captain America. Thanks for participating here in the chat room, Blog Talk Radio. Go see Captain America. We can talk about it more next week if people would like to. Yes. I noticed nobody called in to talk about it today, so I hope, <laughs> I hope we didn't spoil it for you. Go see it. Go see it multiple times if you're so inclined. And have a great weekend, everyone. Take care. Take care.